This is Robert Mardlanchi, Chief Digital Curator of the Mindshare Learning Report, Canada's Learning and Technology e-magazine. This podcast is brought to you by C21 Canada, Canadians for 21st Century Learning and Innovation. I'm honored to have joined me this afternoon for a Mindshare Learning Moment, Dr. Sarah Steckel, Senior Project Manager in the ISTE Standards Department. Her work focuses on K-12 implementation and support for the ISTE standards, including professional development, community building, communications, and refreshing the ISTE standards. She is also passionate about badges and micro-credentials, educational equity, rock climbing, and the greatness of dogs. Thank you for joining me uh, this afternoon. Yeah, thank you, Robert. I'm happy to be here. Wow, that's uh, that's quite a... Um, a packed uh, schedule that you have every day, no doubt, with uh, with the responsibilities you have at ISTE. Never a dull moment for you. Indeed, very much so. Congratulations on uh, the updated ISTE standards, uh, teacher standards released uh, at the ISTE conference in San Antonio that, that we attended. Uh, what inspired them? Well, part of it was a practical decision. It made sense to refresh the teacher standards after the release of the updated ISTE standards for students, which came out last summer in 2016. Um, ISTE always starts with the student standards since students are the foundation of our work. And then we wanted to create standards that would both operationalize those student standards um, and also recognize the diversity of of educators and their varied work. Um, And so um, we actually updated the title to the ISTE standards for educators and they, um, uh, they both operationalize those student standards and support them in the classroom and then include other digital age competencies that educators need um, as professionals. And um, what was the response like at ISTE when you announced uh, the new standards? Uh, It has been really overwhelmingly positive. Um, And it was similar with the new student standards that came out last year. People, we, we made a switch to having the standards be titled in sort of this persona method. And so the educator standards are learner, leader, citizen, collaborator, designer, facilitator, and analyst. And that kind of idea of who do I want to be as an educator has really resonated with people. And that mirrors what we did with the student standards as well, kind of persona-driven titles. Um, And then the other thing that we really tried to do, in addition just to sort of updating for the world that we live now, is to simplify and streamline the language and to make them more approachable. And I think that that has also really resonated with people. Um, Educators can really see themselves in these standards and see how they they can inspire their own work. That's fascinating. You know, uh, the the teacher speak that we find ourselves using sometimes doesn't resonate with the broader community, does it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's so important to focus on, on plain language. And we've, uh, in some of our publications, um, also President C21 Canada, that we've published, we've actually had a plain language writer, believe it or not, help us, uh, <laughs> particularly when you're focused on, you know, other stakeholder groups like parents, etc. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, uh, one of the challenges that you know I'm curious about is how are you interfacing with faculties of education as part of the implementation strategy? Because I I hear 
a lot of criticism about how archaic some of the faculties are and not uh, preparing the teacher candidates with the proper technology infused pedagogy skills that they really need in the 21st century. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that is also uh, something that we hear quite a bit at ISTE as well. Um, and there's a couple different ways that we support teacher preparation programs. Um, one that we've done for a number of years is um, ISTE is a member of the Council for Accreditation of Educator Preparation, or CAPE. And we work directly reviewing applications for inclusion in CAPE uh, for the program's adherence to either the uh, teacher standards or the coaching standards, depending on the program. So that's one uh, really concrete way. Uh, teacher prep programs are the one of the main users of the educator standards. Um, right. And so we have a robust teacher educator professional learning network uh, amongst our member okay. communities, which is a really collaborative and dynamic community around implementing the ISTE standards in teacher prep and thinking about um, how to improve teacher preparation around education technology. Um, and then one really exciting thing that just happened is the state of Texas here in the U.S. just legislated the educator standards as a measurement for readiness in teacher preparation. Um, and so we're look, working really closely with Texas to support their efforts and also hoping to be able to scale those efforts to other states and other countries. That's amazing. And that's a great segue to my next question about getting beyond pockets of innovation. And uh, Texas has always been perceived from from Canada's perspective is, is a real leader in the U.S. as one of the states that really does a good job at implementing uh, teaching and learning uh, with technology. Mm -hmm. what, uh, what about scaling uh, amongst other states? Um, are, are all the faculties of education in the U.S. members of ISTE? Uh, I almost feel like they, they should be required to be members, you know, to stay at the top of their game when it comes to innovation. Yeah, I, I think ISTE would also vote for that, but unfortunately it's not true. Um, okay. Yeah, the question of scale is a challenge that ISTE, like many, is wrestling with and we're continuing to work on. Um, and kind of our modus operandi has been to uh, empower individual educators in schools by providing them with resources and support and community so that they, they don't have to wait for the system to change. And right. that goes for teacher prep as well as in K-12 education. Um, but we're also working quite actively in the last couple of years. I, I guess I should step back slightly. ISTE's membership and the core people who've engaged with ISTE over the years have tended to be those early adopters, those mavericks, those people that are really sure. excited to try out new things and to experiment. But as tech has expanded in schools, that's no longer teachers who are using education technology. There is a need for uh, everyone to rethink who they try and serve in those areas, um, including ISTE. And so in the last couple of years, we've been working really hard to expand our resources and support so that they appeal beyond those pockets of innovation. So we're not just talking to the innovators and the early adopters. Uh, absolutely. You know, if I can reference uh, Malcolm Gladwell's classic tipping point mm -hmm. uh, phraseology, in fact, he keynoted at one of the ISTE conferences. Uh, I don't know if you recall that uh, year he keynoted, quite a number of years ago, but uh, he's another fine Canadian, I might add, from <laughs> the Waterloo region in Ontario. But uh, 
but I believe that, you know, we've made great strides in my 20-year career in ed tech. I, I, I shall say sheepishly. Um, and I'm a, I've never been more excited about the coming year than, than, than this year. You know, I, I think there's so much opportunity for, for teachers and thanks in part to the excellent work that ISTE does with the conference and the standards and the resources. And perhaps you can talk a little bit about the communities that you have as well that uh, help facilitate collaboration and, and community and, and, and professional learning. Yeah. Um, so ISTE is a membership organization. Uh, people often think of us as the largest ed tech conference in the world and, and think that it stops there, but we are a membership organization. So we have several professional learning networks um, that are generally a member benefit, and they tend to be around either job roles, so we have for coaches and we have for administrators, things like that, or around subject areas. Areas So we have computer science PLN, a literacy PLN, a STEM PLN, so on and so forth. Um, and those, so since they're topic focused, you know, people self-select into them around the topics that they're interested in. The average ISTE member who's engaged in the PLNs is engaged in five of them. So they're pretty robust and rich communities. Um, and then beyond the member benefit, we have one or two open networks, one that's called ISTE Commons and one that's for ISTE standards conversation specifically. And both of those are just open and accessible to everybody. Right. You just have to make an ISTE account. Now, if I'm a new teacher, I recently graduated. It's my first year teaching. Uh, am, uh, what does a membership look like for me as a new teacher or a student teacher per se? Yeah. Uh, one of our uh, most robust PLNs is actually the Young Educators Network, and they are just a fired up group who are really supportive of each other and who ISTE is really supportive of in particular. We also have a lot of programming built into our conference to support young educators, to help connect them with each other, because that's the, that's the other thing that we know from years and years of practice is that people on high telling teachers what to do is not particularly effective and sometimes more irritating than useful, but teachers supporting each other in collaboration and in peer groups is really powerful and does really support educators. And so ISTE works really hard to try and set up the situations where educators can work together and support each other. And young educators is one of the areas that we really work to support. Congratulations on that. That's, that's amazing. Um, and if I'm uh, an educator, I can go to isti.org to find the um, the community uh, mm -hmm. that I might want to become a member of. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's isti.org, and then right up at the toolbar it says community, and that will be the spot to find those. Let's talk a little bit about the international, the I in isti, mm -hmm. and um, you know, Canada's unique unto. The U.S. and you know we have provincial jurisdiction. We don't have a federal Department of Education, and each province has its own standards. So, how how would how would the ISTE teacher standards fit within that paradigm? Any advice on that? Yeah, it's actually not too dissimilar to the U.S. In some ways, we do have a federal Department of Education, but our individual right. states, like Canadian provinces, have a lot of autonomy in how they implement right. education. 
Um, and that goes to sometimes states will adopt the ISTE standards at a very high level. Other right. states, uh, they, the state doesn't get involved in that. They leave it to the individual districts. And so we have districts that we work with around adopting the ISTE standards. Um, and so in that sense, um, you, you know, the empowerment is there and the reaching out to ISTE for support in, in those adoption efforts is true, whether you're a Canadian province, a Canadian school, a Canadian district, all of the above. Um, and I will say that Ontario, a uh, Blue Water School District in Ontario has actually been working with us around using the ISTE standards. So there are Canadians that are um, really forward thinking in terms of education technology and uh, moving the needle for our kids. That's really cool to know. I know the folks at Blue Water, they're very innovative. And mm -hmm. one of the directors, superintendents was uh, on our C21 board. Well, kudos to them. And I'm impressed that you uh, knew Blue Water. That's that's. Uh, <laughs> A remote area in um, in northern Ontario, actually. Um, well, it's not too far north. It's probably about three hours from from Toronto area, but uh, and a beautiful area at that on the water. But well, I think uh, it's uh, that's one thing that's so great about the world we live in right now, right? Even if we live very far apart, we're able to connect and interact with each other. Absolutely, and that's a good segue to social media and harnessing the web to implement professional learning perhaps you can share a little bit about some of your efforts around the social media twitter's hot you know uh, trump has really made twitter popular these days with uh, all his activity uh, not necessarily uh, you know something that you want your students reading on a regular basis but uh, there is a learning moment in every tweet that we read uh, no doubt but uh Twitter, and then you've got webinars as well that you uh, offer? Yeah, we do do webinars, um, usually, again, as a member benefit, and they're um, led by educators, um, not by ISTE staff, usually, um, okay. around, you know, various topics. But yeah, Twitter, we, ISTE does Twitter chats monthly. Um, you know, Twitter chats are very powerful, um, you know, asynchronous learning tool, or yes, the synchronous, but, you know, dispersed learning tool. And, um, and teachers love them, right? So ISTE does a Twitter chat, but we also will participate in Twitter chats. Um, a lot of our PLNs do Twitter chats, um, sometimes around the ISTE standards, other times just around their own topic areas. Um, and, you know, EdTech chat, some of these other ones that um, if it's related or if they ask us to be involved, we're frequently on a lot of those chats. So I think Twitter is an amazing tool for that kind of social media connection. Um, and then also, you know, we've used Google, Google Plus and Google Hangouts a little bit and Facebook somewhat as well. But I think, yeah, you know, as you were alluding to, Twitter's really where the, the magic is for educators. You know, isn't that fascinating that, you know, you're sound like a, a big fan of Twitter like myself and I'm on it daily for my news. And I just really value the the ability to get the information out quickly, to share and to learn. And, um, and I've, I've been on it, I guess, 10 years now. Uh, I got, it's my 10th anniversary on Twitter. How about that? That's, That's great. So yeah. Uh, and still going strong. And I find that, uh, you know, I've helped people get on like, uh, while waiting at an airport one time, I was speaking with a director of education chatting and got on, chatting about Twitter and I got this director on Twitter within five minutes that's how quick it can mm -hmm. be done and, and to convert someone over it so it's it's fascinating to see teachers who embrace it or try it out 
and then it gives them a voice it gives them the ability to blog microblog if you will or or share their blog and other uh, relevant information doesn't it yeah i one thing that i personally love about twitter and i think it's why it resonates with educators um mm -hmm. is that it does kind of flatten those hierarchies you know there's still who has the most followers sure. and who's officially recognized with the blue check mark and so on and so forth but like you said, you can contact and just reach out to really influential people without having a, an, an introduction or an entree or anything formal. And it empowers people to connect individually and to put themselves out individually without a gatekeeper or needing permission. Um, I think a, an amazing example of that in education is EduMatch, which is a global movement to connect educators that started on Twitter and it's moved beyond Twitter. Um, and, uh, you know, I know the founder, but it's not an ISTE project and it's just an amazing example of what can happen with the power of these tools. That's interesting. I wasn't familiar with that one. So you've taught me something today. Oh, good. Yeah. Everyone go look up EduMatch. They're great. EduMatch. And I was going to add, so uh, another great example is how I was reading a really cool article in the guardian in the uk by john hart an educator from the uk who went to finland and it was a really insightful article comparing um, the finnish education system to the uk system and how there's no way that it's possible that they can mirror it uh, for a lot of reasons and so i reached out to him i tweeted at him and said hey great article how about um how about a chat, a podcast for the back to school issue of our Mindshare Reporting Canada? He goes, sure. So he started following me and that's how we connected. So to your point, um, you know, it's very empowering and it, mm -hmm. it really does eliminate the, the, the barriers and, and the, the glass ceiling, if you will. So, mm -hmm. so thank you for that, sharing that insight. So in terms of your, your global strategy, um, how is that evolving for ISTE? So uh, we are engaged in various locations around the globe. Um, Canada being one of the uh, strongest partners that we have, also Australia. Um, and then we've also got projects that we're looking to engage in in the Middle East. Um, we've worked in Malaysia and in the UK. We also have an affiliate in the UK um, and Central, Central and Latin America. So um, trying to make sure the INSD stays meaningful and relevant um, through professional learning, through connections with groups around the world, um, building our membership around the goal, uh, globe, translating the standards into languages other than English, which is a huge one. We already have the student standards in Spanish and French, um, and soon we'll be in Russian as well. Oh, and also in Arabic. Um, and we're working on translations of the educator standards as well. And so I think that's the other thing too. If, if everything's in English, that really limits um, your reach beyond language or English-speaking countries. And so working to expand those resources as well. Well, good for you. That's exciting. Yeah. So when are you going to come and host uh, is the ISTE conference in Canada? You know, I've pushed for that one in the past. I haven't been yeah. successful yet. Yes, this is a question that we often get, and I cannot speak for the conference team, so take that with a grain of salt. Um, you know, we're U.S. located, and our, the bulk of our membership is U.S. located, so we tend to leave them in the U.S., but we're not opposed to thinking about how we might bring the conference or, or smaller events to international right. locations. So let's well, keep the conversation going and keep asking. Yes, it means more well, if you ask than if I ask. Well, absolutely. So we're hosting our 8th Canadian EdTech Leadership Summit 
this fall at the Mars Innovation Center. So perhaps we can get you involved with that event and uh, and put the eye in ISTE in that regard. So uh, we can chat further about that. We have had some involvement in the past and you also sponsor our Classroom of the Future Challenge. So, so that's pretty cool. Um, so with regard to you, you referenced the Blue Water School District as a great example of a, a leading edge district that's transforming. Any other ones that you would cite um, that, you know, educators might or education leaders might want to have a look at uh, in Canada or the U.S. that jumps out at you? Yeah. Um, oh, and I'm, of course, blanking on the name. There's a district in Vancouver that is amazing. Um, stateside, both LA Unified School District and La Cañada School District in California okay. um, are really impressive. Um, Plano uh, School District out of Texas is another one that I would recommend people wow. check out. Okay. The school district you're referencing in Vancouver area, I would guess, is Surrey School District. Yep, that's the one. Yeah, you've had a number of ISTE uh, education, um, I guess, award winners in the past that I know. Mm -hmm. So, well, we're in good company. And, uh, well, any final thoughts to share with uh, our back-to-school issue readership as they get all primed up and get their kids excited about the school year? Yeah, I'll say really quickly that so we, we kicked this off talking about the new educator standards and, um, you know, start with student then educator. And so next in line are the it's the standards for administrators. So we're in the process of refreshing them right now. And this is a very open and public focused um process. It is not ISTE in a room deciding what standards need to be. So I would love to encourage everybody to go to ISTE.org slash admin refresh and find out how to get involved there and share their perspective. And I'll throw out too, this is not just for administrators or education leaders. Um, this is a great opportunity for teachers to tell your bosses what you think they should be doing. Well, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. Yeah, thank you. That was Dr. Sarah Steckel, Senior Project Manager in the ISTE Standards Department. My name is Robert Margolacci of the Mindshare Learning Report. Be sure to check out www.mindsharelearning.com for your latest issue of the Mindshare Learning Report. And until next time, keep the learning curve steep.